welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. I'm Laura Forehand. It is so good to be back with you in the new year, 2024. And as always, I'm here with my best Whole Brain Teaching friend, Rhonda. How are you, Rhonda? Hello, I'm doing great. Um, Just want to tell our listeners, thanks for letting us take a little bit of, of a break. We're excited to be back, though. And we are tremendously grateful to start off 2024 with Coach B on the podcast. Last time we spoke with Coach, we discussed the three-story brain, a simple way to understand and change student behavior, which has received over 1,000 downloads. That's amazing and goes to show the far-reaching effect you have on our listeners, Coach. Today, Coach is going to talk with us about five most important skills for a whole brain teaching instructor. We can't wait. Welcome back to the podcast, Coach. I'm delighted to be here, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your ongoing diligence in helping teachers everywhere, Laura and Rhonda. So let's start with number one. This is a review of material we covered last year, and we're probably going to review it many times again. But number one is just this. Our motto is only connect. It's, as Aristotle said, it is, impossible for the archer to hit the target if he doesn't know what the target is. So our target is only connect. Laura, you had a good day when you think back and you thought, I've been connecting today. And not such a good day when you feel like, as a teacher said to me 20 years ago, I feel like I'm alone in the classroom. That's the disconnected instructor. Laura, talk about thumbs up days and thumbs down days. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And that connection is like you're you're talking about, coach, is just so important. And when we when we have made those connections with our students, including the most difficult students, um, just making that one small connection, it can really change the course of our day. Um, and when we're not making those connections, you know, a lot of times I will come home and be very frustrated with the day because I And then thinking back, think I didn't really connect with any of my students today. Yeah. There's always kids in class, Rhonda, that you can connect with. And if things are not going well, plug in to those smiling, warm, needy in the best sense faces. And you overcome one of the fundamental teacher ills, which is alienation, isolation, feeling alone in a crowd. Rhonda, what do you say, girl? Well, I agree with that. I mean, everybody wants to feel included. 
whether you're in the classroom or, you know, in life. So I think if we can establish that connection in the classroom, it's going to help those kiddos feel included and part of the team. Yeah. So Laura, a bit more on this. We say over and over again, we don't fix kids. We fix connections with kids. Laura, you can't follow them home. Mm -hmm. You can't teach their parents to get along. You cannot get them to bed on time or be sure that they eat the right food or are not pestered by knuckleheads on the way to school. You can't do that. Right. That would be fixing kids. But you can every day fix your connection with kids and in the history of whole brain teaching, we see the pattern over and over and over again. Teachers feel lost, hopeless, have no way to even imagine reaching extremely beloved rascals. And again and again and again and again, on our Facebook pages, teachers are celebrating connections with kids who may not have ever had a positive connection in their life Period. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Or talk about the importance of controlling what you can control. And you could control whether or not you're trying to make connections. Go. I think this was such a huge revelation for me. And I know it's just since I've been using whole brain teaching in the classroom, but, you know, just realizing that what I can control is what's happening right here in my classroom. Like you said, and I finally come to the realization a couple years ago that I can't control what happens at home, you know, as much as you, like, because I think we get into the teaching profession because we care about kids, you know, as much yeah. as we want to, you know, uh, I've heard several teachers, Rhonda included, you know, if I could just take that one kid home, you know, um, but knowing that we can't. Um, so just, being sure that while we do have them, we are making those really, really important life-changing connections with these kids. Now, Rhonda, I'm going to say something, and I want my listeners to promise they will not tell their principal, but listen to three veteran teachers. The point of teaching is not to get through the curriculum. You can get through the curriculum. Just turn the page and keep on marching. The point of teaching is to connect with kids, which makes possible getting through the curriculum. The closer you are to the kids, the more they'll learn. Rhonda, you know that truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to make those connections. And then when you make those connections, they're going to buy into the curriculum and what you're teaching. So it goes hand uh, in hand. Number one is only connect. Number two, we really like to not be theoretical. We want to tell you how to see if you're connecting. You need some data, some quick data, Laura, and this is what you're going to do. Every Friday, you're going to take five blessed minutes and you're going to score how you feel your connection is improving with each kid in class. One, 
you're very unhappy with how you're doing, how you are doing, not the kid, Laura. Okay. Two, you're unhappy. Three, you're mixed. Four, you're happy with how you're doing. And five, you are very happy with how you are doing in improving that connection. Laura, mm -hmm. explain that back to me because I'm going to make a couple of clear, important points. Go. Okay. So we need data. I mean, data is what's going to drive our instruction. It's what's going to help establish and drive better connections with our students. So every Friday, take five minutes to score how our connections are with our kids, whether it's improving or we need to make improvements. So like one would be, I scored myself a one. I am not happy with the connections that I'm having with my students. You're it would not be happy a, with your improvement. I am improving. Yes, we're okay. talking about growth. Perfect. Great, thanks. Um, yeah, so not happy with my improvement. Two is I'm unhappy with that improvement. Three is I'm mixed. Four is I'm happy. And five is I'm very happy with my improvement. Now, Rhonda, here's the key thing. You've got to change your goggles. Stop looking at the behavior of the kids at least for five minutes a week and look at your own growth in improving connections. So you could have an extremely beloved rascal and you see this week he came up and gave you a hug and that is unprecedented. The rest of the week he was having difficulties, but you've got to see to yourself, that's a five. This kid has never hugged me. Mm -hmm. He has been alienated. I'm very happy with how things are going. You also have a sweetie pie, Rhonda. Man, she's just happy and everything's, and you know what? You're not connecting with her. She's flying under the radar. She's a sweetie pie, but you give yourself a one. Talk about, Rhonda, change your goggles. Look at how you are improving in your connections, not the kids themselves. Because connections is what you control for Pete's sakes. Go, Rhonda. Right. So like we've always said in Whole Brain Teaching, you got to change your goggles. So you are looking at your improvement with your connection with that child rather than their behavior. So when you're doing that score on Friday, you're not scoring their behavior, but your connection. And don't forget about that little sweetie pie that might be flying low under the radar. She needs that connection just as much as that beloved rascal. So be honest with your scoring and make sure that you've changed your goggles and looking for that improvement on your so part. Laura, here's the procedure. Add up your connectivity average. That's what we call it. Divide by the number of kids. Then multiply by 20. You might end up, Laura, in a good week with your connectivity averages four. And you think, gee, I'm almost a five. Au contraire, my friend. When you multiply by 20, you see you're at an 80. And that's a considerable distance from 100. Mm. Explain the clear procedure for connectivity average for the vital feedback you need on the most important thing. And that is how you're doing with your connections. Go. Mm -hmm. So I think that formula is going to help us to take that realistic look like Rhonda was talking about, that really honest evaluation of our 
connectivity with our students. So we're going to, after we've, after we've established what our numbers are with it, with each of our students, and we're going to add that connectivity average, we're going to divide that by the number of students we have in our classroom and then multiply it by 20. And I think that's going to give us a, a really honest look. So like you said, instead of going, Oh, I'm four out of five, you know, we can go, I'm, I'm an 80. So there's some growth there that needs to happen. Very good. Number one, only connect. Number two, calculate your connectivity average once a week. Number three, Laura, when I was a boy, I wanted to be a pitcher for the New York Yankees, like my hero, Whitey Ford. I never thought that I was going to grow up and be a guy who made games. I was not on the radar. I wrote a book called 120 Games. I've written bunches of games. You've played a bunch of them. So is Rhonda. Everybody's playing our games. We gamify instruction. Why? Kids like games. That's why. But of every single game, one stands at the peak. One gets the trumpet call and the drum beat, and that is Super Improver. So number three is reward for improvement. Reward for growth. Use the Super Improver display. And more than anything else we do, we have seen incredible success with every variety of kids. Talk about your experience with Super Improver, Rhonda. Well, I'm gonna be quite honest. Super Improver was one of the last things that I implemented <laughs> because I was scared to death to do it. That once I did it, I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? So yeah. absolutely. it. Um, that's where you have to change your goggles too and look for that improvement and growth. And that was kind of what I was afraid of, but it's very powerful. Now, Laura, you're the kind of teacher who would say to your coach, coach, little Janie is such a sweetie pie and she follows directions quickly and her writing is so neat. How on earth can I ever get her to improve. She is just a shining star. Here's the deal, Laura. She's in second grade. <laughs> She's not at third, fourth, or fifth, or sixth. Right. So every kid can improve, and we suggest for our most articulate, sweetest of the sweetie pies, we want to see them improve in their ability to teach their neighbor. Mm -hmm. We want to see them use brainies. That means we want to see them lift one hand and make a capital and put another hand in a period. Janie, you're doing good on brainies, but I want to see you using adjectives. Here's the gesture for adjectives. We want these kids to improve in their verbal skills. I ask you a question, Janie. I'm going to roll one finger around another. Tell me more. Tell me mm -hmm. more. Tell me more. Length of response to questions. And invigoration of their teaching of their colleagues with brainy gestures. Every kid can improve 
and we just say, you're in second grade. Let's think about what a fourth grader would be doing. Talk about it, Laura. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, of course, I'm thinking of students that I have currently that, you know, that that is the case. I have a couple um, in my class that, you know, if I give them any third grade task, they're able to do that. But but one thing I noticed in my um, two, I would say, kind of the, the higher on the higher end students is not being able to like trust themselves. So like every, every like minute or two, they'd be like, is this right? Is this right? And so giving them that challenge even to, you know, trust yourself and mistakes are how we learn. Like, don't be afraid to even make mistakes um, because mistakes are how we can improve. And so, yes, I love that the whole idea of taking them a step further, taking them to end of the year, third grade, beginning of the year, fourth grade versus middle of the year, third grade. So I, I love the idea. Super improver is a staple in my classroom. I am a hundred percent for it. Can't see me teaching without it. Yeah. Every single kid can improve mm -hmm. and probably to the same degree for a beloved rascal to raise his hand, to ask for permission to speak is as big a jump as for Janie to start using adjectives in sentences. Mm -hmm. Improvement is improvement. Change your goggles, get to know your kids, and start rewarding them for micro-improvements. And that's how we grow. So Laura, the old goggles are, we reward for ability, the problem with that is only the kids with the most ability get the rewards and praise. Right. And all brain teaching, our third big point is we reward for improvement, not skill. Rhonda, talk about that. Huge point. Yeah, that is a big point. And I think that's what is scary for teachers to implement super improver is because we haven't thought like that before. We really have to change those goggles and look for that improvement. And it's not going to be improvement the same improvement for every child, your beloved rascal, like you mentioned, it might be raising their hand, but you know, for that sweetie pie or that really good student, it's going to be using adjectives or, you know, using your brainies and things like that. So you got to be on top of it. It's just a matter of changing and you'll be amazed at what happens when you do change those goggles. Laura, we've heard this story many times. Teachers tell us I had a really bad day today. And I thought about it, and I wasn't giving out enough improvement stars. We could see five to 10 improvement stars per day, especially from January forward. Mm -hmm. Every kid has got to get one or two improvement stars uh, per week, if not more. Laura, have you ever had that downtime where you think, gee, what a mess, and then you think, it's on me. I didn't give away yeah. any stars. Absolutely. Um, in fact, Ron and I were just talking before um, we started recording. You know, here in Northwest Missouri, we only had one day of school last week because we have so much snow. And, you know, even that one day, I was just like, man, we really, we didn't play Super Improver much at all today, if at all today. And so that was something I was even thinking about as I head back to school in the coming week is just to be sure that I am being 
intentional about playing super improver every day, like getting that back into my schedule every day. Yes. That makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. The power of your super improver wall depends upon two things. Are you using it? And two, does it look great? Mm -hmm. Visual appearance is 80 to 90% of a game. Kids will say the graphics are great. That's the first thing they say, the graphics are great. Make your graphics great. Ask for samples on our Super Improver page. All right, that's number three. Number four, I hate to say this to two of my very best friends, but Laura, Rhonda, the two of you love to talk. You love to talk, and it aggravates you when no one's listening. We talk too much in class. Just the more we talk, the more kids we lose. So, Laura, I'm going to say your high goal is 50-50. That means half the time you're talking and half the time they're talking, and you will reward them for on-task talking. Rhonda, Do you think the average teacher gets even close to 50-50 teacher talk, student talk? Talk about it, girl. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, if you think about traditional classroom, the teacher is doing all the teaching all the time and the kids are not engaged or actively involved in it. So it's all the teacher. I think it would be 100%, not even close <laughs> to 50. <laughs> so folks, go on to the wholebrainteaching.com. Look at the magic circle and how you ought to proceed on day one. And I'm even going to, for Pete's sakes, make a plug for the new book, Whole Brain Teaching for Challenging Kids, second edition. There's tons of information there on Super Improver and Magic Circle, et cetera. Yes. All right. Now, number five. Rhonda. Yes. Dear friend. Sometimes something happens in class or at home and you go in to a red spiral. Red thought feeds upon red thought. And the thing is, is that it has, red thoughts have insatiable appetites. They keep eating the same thought over and over and over again. Yep. For example, <laughs> I'll never get through to Jack. I can't understand Jack. I've tried everything with Jack. He's under his desk crying today. Jack was under his desk crying today. I'll never get through to him. Red thoughts seize control of our limbic system, our emotions, and loop and loop and loop and loop. Rhonda, talk about red thoughts. Yeah, those, <laughs> those red thoughts create that snowball effect. I mean, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I've been there as a teacher, you know, very frustrated. And, you know, what am I doing wrong? And this isn't working. This isn't working. So, yeah, they can eat you alive. And then you start doubting yourself as a teacher in the profession and everything. Yeah. And you have a closet of red thoughts. And... <laughs> Pretty soon you open that closet and you're back to third grade when that teacher told you you'll you'll never amount to anything. All right, Laura. Mm -hmm. Laura, think about what you're thinking. 
when you think about what you're thinking, you're not thinking red thoughts anymore. When you say that's a red thought, the statement that's a red thought is not a red thought. It's a green thought. Mm -hmm. So we teach kids about red bear and green bear, and we have much more of that coming in this year. But teachers have got to be aware of their own thought patterns and take stock. Feel inside yourself, and it's often a physical sensation, but when the red loop begins, and whatever it takes, and usually for me, I need about 10 positive thoughts. And I have, you know, I can think back over my life and 10 wonderful times where I had very powerful, beautiful, and for human beings, common spiritual experiences. And I think about those and I count them on my fingers. Mm -hmm. So, Laura, number five is self-care. You make yourself a better teacher by blocking and substituting and getting in the metal habit of replacing red thoughts with green thoughts. Talk about it. That is so powerful because like Rhonda said, it is so easy to fall into that loop. Um, not only in ourselves, but sometimes we can have people in our school culture that we can go to and actually keep us in that loop. If you, if you know what I mean? So I think we have to be very careful. I think we have to be um, very aware and very intentional about not getting stuck in that loop. I, I think, and I take this responsibility, you know, pretty strongly is that, you know, as teachers, we set the climate of our classroom. And one thing I do have outside of my door is Fiverr so that the kids can check in with me every day. But it also reminds me as I walk into my classroom to check in with myself, to take a minute and go, where am I today? Beautiful. And, you know, I mean, and, and, and think, you know, what are some green thoughts that I, that can help me to maybe go from a three to a four or a two to a four. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, that self-care is so, so powerful. And Rhonda, you've got to be alert to yourself and you know, when you get into a pattern of red thinking, Take the next step, start writing it down. The beautiful thing about journaling is you can't write the same sentence over and over again. That's why therapists recommend journaling. And if you need one, go get a therapist, somebody to talk to. It's all about self-care. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm the only one in the world who feels like the sky is falling. <laughs> we live in a culture of increasing lawlessness, top to bottom. No surprise that we see kids who are lawless come into our classroom. We've got to take care of ourselves because our job is to help the kids who are the most disharmonized, the most helpless, the most painstakingly broken victims of our culture. 
And that's the beauty of whole brain teaching because we play games when we do it. In fact, one of the ways to cheer yourself up is to play a whole brain teaching game in classroom. And uh, you could say, uh, Laura, you could play one-on-one -on -one with this girl and say, listen, how long do you think you can go today without asking me, is this right? Okay, <laughs> just set up those games, play for improvement, and we have built an incredible community, two of the stars being Laura and Rhonda. Go online and share, and we're here to heal each other, heal ourselves, and heal kids. Beautiful life. Mm -hmm. Here's the five. Number one, only connect. We connect. We heal our relationship with kids, not kids. Use that super improver, change your goggle, reward for improvement. Every kid can improve. Calculate your connectivity average once a week. Talk less. Do teach okay much more. And take care of yourself. Block red thoughts with green thoughts. Laura, that's five. What do you think? I, I think it's amazing. What a great way to start uh, 2024 year and the second half of our school year um, with these five components that I think all of them are going to help us make better connections with our students, better connections with each other, our colleagues, also better connections with ourselves. You know, that self-care piece is so important and it's going to help us really tune into, what, like you said, what our, what our own body is telling us we need. So I think amazing, amazing. Fantastic. So coach, this has been such a great um, amount of information. I think it's just what I, I'm always so, I feel so selfish saying, but it, I feel like it's just what I needed. And so I'm sure that it is going to hit our listeners um, just as much. And um, I can't wait for them to get this information and jump back into the classroom for 2024. Again, we want to encourage our listeners um, to listen and to share all of Coach's amazing podcasts that we've done so far this year. In addition, don't forget to head over to Amazon. As Coach mentioned, he plugged his book, and I'm so glad that you did. It's called Whole Brain Teaching for Challenging Kids, second edition. Check that out today. Go order yourself one today. Um, also check out our website, www.wholebrainteaching.com for information and videos about whole brain teaching. And don't forget to check out our Teachers Pay Teachers official store where everything is free. Um, just everything you are going to need to make your classroom a whole brain teaching classroom is there. Finally, don't forget about our whole brain teaching Facebook pages, as Coach mentioned also. You are going to find lots of tips and tricks and things that have worked for others um, and ask your questions there because there will be somebody to jump on that question and answer it for you right away. It's a great place to get the support that you need. Absolutely. Coach, thank you for all that you do. I think this is an awesome podcast for teachers for the second semester to just kind of get them refocused on second semester and ending the school year. We also want to thank you, our listeners. Our podcast downloads are currently at 190,000 downloads, thanks to you all. Our goal is to reach 200,000 downloads by the end of this school year. So please continue to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with all your teacher friends and administrators so that we can make this goal a reality. We couldn't do it without you. Until next time, bye-bye.